The scripture reading this morning is from the book of John, verse 4, chapters 7 to 12 and 20 to 21. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Seems like easy words. Lord, you tell us to love our brothers and sisters. Help us in these few moments to contemplate what that means for each one of us. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. Our love is a reflection of God's love. I have uh, experienced that in my own life, as I would imagine every one of you has experienced that as well. When I was 10 years old, I was in a hospital bed because our family had been involved in an automobile accident in which my mother and younger sister were killed. Pretty much every day while I was in that hospital in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, a woman would come in and sit by my bedside. She wore the black robe in the white hood of a Catholic nun. Her name was Sister Anne Mathiah. And she would sit and talk and listen. She's the one who brought the news of my my mother's death. I was 10 years old. That's 55 years ago. And I still remember her name. Why? because I remember her love. And I am absolutely convinced she came into that room and she loved me because she knew God's love. She was a reflection of God's love. 
four years later, I would end up uh, in an apartment with my older brother and dad. We had gotten involved in a little church that didn't even have a building. We would gather every Sunday morning in the basement of a motel. I can still remember pulling out the hymnals and pushing that little, little organ out of the closet so we could have worship on Sunday morning. The associate pastor, Clark Blevins, and his wife, Millie, better known to my brother and me as Mr. and Mrs. B, would often come to our home, to our little apartment up in Arlington, when my dad would end up back in the hospital because of his injuries from the previous accident. And they would come, and sometimes they'd bring a meal for dinner. Sometimes they would have someone from the church or themselves pick us up on Sunday morning to come to church. Sometimes they would take us out to lunch after church. They showed love. It was Mrs. B who came to the apartment that, that afternoon to tell me that my dad had died of a heart attack. It was the Blevins who took us into their home and became our legal guardians, our foster parents. They showed love to these two boys because I am absolutely convinced they knew God's love. They were reflecting God's love in their own, in their own lives by the way they lived. A couple of years later when it became clear that Mrs. B's health was such that we could not continue staying with them. I went to the home of a, of a friend from school and sat down with his parents and asked them how would they like to have another son. <laughs> I look back on that and I go, how audacious that was of me to just simply show up. How would you like it if one of your children brought home a someone from school and said, how would you like to have another son? They didn't even hesitate. Absolutely. Welcome. They were active in their church. They sang in the choir. He played the organ. They had both learned of God's love through their church. They were reflecting God's love to me. A number of years ago, Dave Wheatley traveled to Haiti and he saw a man without shoes. And he took off his shoes and gave them to the man. Because of his love for that man, others in the church caught on to what Dave was all about. And we have sent any number of teams back to Haiti over the years to that little town of Fort Liberté and helped build an orphanage and helped start a, a farm, built a clinic, put the roof on a, on a church, dug wells, all of that because at least one man reflected God's love and they in turn did the same. Thirteen years ago, Jerry Denny 
worshiping in this very in this very room saw the need for expanding the the little food pantry that we shared with Holy Comforter Catholic Church down the street and and so he he engaged others and little by little over the years that food pantry became known as loaves and fishes and and grew into something that was well beyond the walls of this church and the and the uh, resources of this church and it eventually became a 501c3 separate organization still with many of our own members participating in its ministry now four days out of the week over a hundred families each of those days come once a month to receive groceries jerry denny reflected god's love he he was showing his love because he knew who loved him bob garner 14 years ago was the pastor of this church and while he was here a man died on the streets of charlottesville because it was cold and there was nowhere for him to go he froze froze to death bob opened the doors of this church and people slept on the floor of this this fellowship hall because bob was bound and determined not to let that happen again years later other pastors came other people came but they remembered that story and eventually Pacham was born. Pacham, people and congregations engaged in ministry. And they opened the doors of now some 80 churches in our 80 congregations, faith communities in the Charlottesville area. They have done that because people of faith have understood that it is part of our responsibility to reflect God's love. We love because God first loved us. Ten years ago, Harry Kennan was pastor here. He and Skip Mullaney and others saw the need to go beyond just simply giving a fish but teaching people how to fish. They saw the, the need for justice ministry, not just simply uh, the mercy ministries where we give out things to people that will satisfy their particular need at that moment, but it's important to change the systems so that, so that they can care for themselves. And so impact was born. And now 27 faith communities participate in that. And it all began because a few people like Harry knew God's love. And so they, they felt compelled to share that love, to reflect God's love in their own lives and in the lives of the people of this church. Pat Keats may seem so normal like the rest of us. And yet she brought mammography to the state of Virginia. She's one of our members. She brought mammography here and probably has saved thousands of women's lives. She didn't do that through this church. She did it through the love in her heart that she learned from God. Women of this church started a quilt ministry. And yesterday I had the privilege of 
of taking one of the quilts to my wife's aunt who lost her son just two weeks ago, quite unexpectedly. In tears, she received it. That ministry has touched so many lives, as Frank said, changed lives. And it all started because of some women who wanted to share God's love because they knew God's love. On August 12th, as Irma shared with us, she and others from this church helped care for the wounded and and prayed with and offered water and safety to those who were fleeing the violence of that day in this church. And they did it, why? Because they knew that's what God's love was all about. They were reflecting God's love in what they were doing that day. This list that I've just begun can go on and on and on. People say religion is bad. Religion brings about horrible atrocities. And it's done it throughout history and continues to do it today. And they point to such things as the Inquisition and the Crusades and lynchings in the South and stonings and bombings and murder all in the name of God and that's true for honest but people who know and love God have also given us the red cross and countless hospitals and universities around this globe. They've created the YMCA and Habitat for Humanity, and you could almost say they helped establish the basis of democracy in this very land. We who know God's love know the importance of loving others. You see, our love is a reflection of God's love. In our scripture lesson This morning, John uses the word agape for the word we translate as love. The very first verse of our lesson is, Beloved, let us love one another. Let us agape one another. Because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That word agape means unconditional love. He could have used two other words in Greek. In the Bible, when you read love, you don't know what the Greek word is, but in John's case, it's agape. But he could have used philia. Philia is a love of equals. It's translated love. The city of Philadelphia gets its name from this Greek word, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's a, it's a, It's a love that is shared on the basis of someone else being equivalent to the one who is doing the loving. It's a a kind of uh, horizontal love. It's the love of your brother or your sister or someone that is of equal standing to you. And that's why in the slide here you see the, the arrow kind of going left and right, philia. It's where we get the word philosophy, the love of wisdom, philia, love, sophia, wisdom, the love of wisdom. But there's another word that's translated translated as love. The Greek word is eros. And you see 
here in the slide, there's an arrow kind of pointing diagonally upward because it's not a love of equals. It's a love of something that's out there that's almost higher than you. It, it's, it's, you've got to have it. There's a, there's a kind of lusting for it. That's why we, we use this word to talk about erotic love. Some people say that Plato should not have been called a philosopher because he saw wisdom as higher than himself. He should have been called an erosopher because he loved wisdom beyond everything else. But agape is different. Agape does not depend upon the subject of one's love or the object of one's love. It, that's why the, the, the slide here presents arrows going out in all directions because it's unconditional love. It, it matters not who the one that is to receive that love is. It doesn't matter if they're higher or lower or anywhere in between. Agape is God's love. It's unconditional. John uses the word agape in our lesson this morning in these 13 verses. He uses the word agape 18 times. In the New Testament, it's used 263 times. It's an important word. John knows how important unconditional love is because, you see, agape is... God's love, and it's the kind of love that God wants us to use. It's the love we're called to reflect in our lives. Near the end of Jesus' ministry, after his crucifixion and resurrection, when it became clear he had only a matter of days before he would depart his friends, he pulled Peter aside and he asked Peter he said Peter do you love me do you love me you know the story it's found in John 21 but he doesn't ask Peter just one time he asks Peter three times do you love me and each time Peter replies yes Lord you know I love you now the problem is in English we only see one word, but there's more than one word for love, as I've just indicated in Greek. And John wrote his, le- his uh, gospel in Greek. When Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? He uses the word agape. Do you love me unconditionally? But when Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know I love you, he uses the word philia. He says, I love you as a brother. He cannot quite get to that point of telling Jesus that he loves like Jesus loves. And so Jesus, realizing that Peter perhaps can't quite reach that level of love, tells him, well, then would you feed my lambs? You see, Jesus wants him to feed his sheep, but he's not sure that Peter can do it quite yet. So he tells Peter, then, well, feed my lambs, the little ones, you know, the ones that maybe only need milk right now. I I realize you, you can't love with agape love, but if you'll at least love your brother and your sister, then would you feed my lambs? And so he asks him again. He says, do you love me? And he uses the word agape. And again, Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And again, he uses the word philia. And so Jesus says, okay, look, I'm trying to teach you something. So, okay, look, at least tend my sheep. 
you know, at least look over them, watch them. You know, if you can't, you know, quite feed them yet, I I want you to get beyond the lambs, though. So would you tend my sheep? And then finally, the third time, Jesus, perhaps exasperated by, by this conversation with Peter, asks him, okay then, Peter, will you philia? Will you phileo me? Will you love me like a brother? Will you at least do that? And Peter responds, yes, I will love you with a brotherly love. And so Jesus says, then feed my sheep. That's what I want you to do. Feed my sheep. You see, the message is that God wants us to love with that unconditional love That's a reflection of God's love. That's what Jesus wants us to do. The spiritual gift of compassion, which is the focus of our worship this morning, is the gift of agape, God's unconditional love. And Jesus is asking each one of us, do you love me? Do you have that gift of compassion? Are you willing to love like I love you unconditionally. As I have shared already in the first part of this message, a lot of people in this church do, and I've shown it by the way they've lived. And a lot of people have shared that gift with others precisely because they know how God has loved them. Do you love me, Jesus asks? Then go out and love your neighbors in the way I have loved you. John wrote in verse 21, the commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. Simply put, our love is a reflection of God's love. Let us pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving us and showing us by example what unconditional love looks like. Now help us, Lord, in our lives to reflect that love to all whom we meet. Amen.